0: Another episode of Parmenio for the modern-day Chief of Staff. I think that I need a Chief of Staff. Now what? Or rather, now what should I do? Those are the questions that we're going to be pondering on this episode of the podcast, so thank you for joining us. The first question that you may be asking yourself is, i think i need a chief of staff but do i really need one and then a good thing that you might do is reach out to some fellow uh, ceos or some other organizations that have gone through a similar exercise that you have and ask them about their experience and why they decided and felt that they needed to hire a chief of staff And that's a pretty good way to do it because you're basing it upon other people's experiences and what they've been through, and that's a good way to learn, right? And that's what we've done as well. Um, And so on this podcast, what we're gonna do is, first of all, we're just gonna ask a few questions that that help answer the question around, um, I'm starting to feel the need for a chief of staff. Um, How good is that feeling? Do I really need one? And then if I think that I do, What are the steps that we wanna take or that you want to take um, to take action on that and and find and understand what the needs that you have are and then go out and recruit and hire and bring on board a chief of staff. So that's what we're gonna be doing on this podcast. So first of all, you're starting to feel like you could use and have a chief of staff Um, you're not really sure, but you have that feeling. You've talked to some other um, people that have gone through this and they've shared their thoughts. We're gonna go through five kind of things that are pretty basic and and to understand and and base your assessment on, but it gives you a good sense and a feeling for whether you need a chief of staff or not. And the five questions are, and the five issues are kind of like this. Um, Number one, you're experiencing uh, rapid growth. And because of that growth, it's stretching things thin. And those things can come from a number of different elements. Um, first of all, you might feel like you have the need to touch everything in the organization like you used to when the organization was smaller. Um, but you can't do it anymore. you got to be in two places at once. You have demands internally and externally, and you're finding a need. Um, to have a delegate or somebody that can represent you in um, various um, venues, meetings, or events, uh, and that they can represent you in the right way. That's a sign that um, you can find and and have useful uh, as a chief of staff. Secondly, um, you have initiatives and projects that are either languishing or starting to build up that you haven't been able to get through. And these initiatives and projects are all about growing your organization or building out the team or building out the culture, but they're important. You have to get them done, Uh, but again you're struggling for time. Uh, Fourth, you're getting bogged down by recurring meetings and processes that you've had to um, add to your organization's routine. Remember as organizations grow, they get more people, they become more complex, there becomes an increased need for coordination and communication uh, and routine and those things can um, also bog down a CEO um, and those create opportunities for a chief of staff at the same time. And um, The last one is you're, you have functional gaps that exist or skill gaps that exist in your organization that are causing problems in terms of your growing or other uh, issues that they're causing. You can't necessarily resolve them all right away, um, but you know if you had a chief of staff, you could um, have them, um, at least in an interim basis, kind of powering and driving some initiatives or things that have to be done to help um, bridge those functional or skill gaps. So those are five kind of issues that you can assess. You have rapid growth. You feel like you need to be in two places and touch everything, but you can't. Uh, you need to be able to hand that off and delegate and have a representative. You have initiatives and projects that are all about powering and turbocharging growth in your organization. Um, and you can't get to them all like you used to. You're getting larger, right? You have recurring meetings and processes that are bogging you down and you have functional and skill gaps that are preventing you from growing the way you want. Those are all opportunities where a chief of staff is going to be able to assist and help you to leverage your time. Now remember, the research um, that uh, Bain Consulting other people had done, one of the things it tells us from experienced CEOs is that um, the time that a CEO has is their most precious resource and spending that time wisely and using it in appropriate ways is very important to having success. CEOs, as they get more mature and seasoned, find they have to be more, quote unquote, selfish with their time. They have to prioritize their time better because they have so many demands. Therein lies one of the most useful aspects of the Chief of Staff because they can help you leverage your time. They can help condense your time, make better use of your time in a whole host of ways um, that we've talked about and and discussed on many of our other podcasts that we're not going to cover here. So if you're finding that you're having specific issues and problems um, related to the areas we just discussed, and you have a good feel, you've talked to some um, other uh, CEOs or some other experienced organization leaders that have gone through a process of hiring a chief of staff and you feel good about it, it's probably a good idea to kind of move forward with this. Now remember, decisions can be reversed. You could go out, look for a CEO or chief of staff, just maybe feel it's not the right thing and back off. You could hire somebody may turn out that it's not the right person or you haven't structured the role right you can transition that person into a different role in the organization now it's best to fully understand what this role can do for you and how you can maximize the role and prepare for it the best way possible so that you uh, bring on the right person and you position that person for success in your organization before you do it but um, as we know from decision making and what the best decision makers tell us, Uh, most decisions can be reversed. But if you have a good feeling that you should go forward and hire a chief of staff, by all means, do it. Um, In terms of organization size and what is the best organization or optimal size for start seeing um, useful, um, where hiring a chief of staff can help to leverage your organization. What we're seeing ever smaller organizations and startups hire chiefs of staff organizations with between 10 and 20 people. Um, And again, it's about finding what's right for you. If you talk to some of those people in those organizations, which we have, um, they have found that hiring a chief of staff has been very useful for them. It's been allowed them to um, understand their shortcomings and their needs, address them, and then at the same time allowing the CEO to focus on hyper turbocharging their organization for growth, building out the team, um, whatever areas that the chief of chief executive officer needs to be working on at any one time All right, so once you've decided that Your organization needs a chief of staff What are the steps that you should take and that's what we're gonna really focus on here for the rest of the podcast What we've done is we've created a, a very um, well-thought-through process of specific steps that you can take um, in terms of understanding your needs for a chief of staff. Then once you understand the needs, how to take that and refill knowledge and attributes that a chief of staff should have to bring to your organization so you can get the biggest bang, right? Many organizations don't really understand uh, in depth or kind of the nuanced role of the chief of staff and how it can fully be leveraged. And that's what we want to help you to do. Alright, so we're going to go through the specific steps now. The first step is what we want to do is um, do an audit or an assessment of the organization and the CEO's um, time where they're spending their time and what their needs are. And so the first step in that is really understanding where the CEO is spending their time and how we want to segment and break down where they're spending their time. We can break it into different areas. Uh, We can break it down into daily operational must-dos. Where are they spending their time? Staff meetings, recurring meetings, board meetings, process-oriented metrics and business review sessions, staff hiring meetings, um, external events. What we want to do is understand where they're spending their time because that helps us to understand where are the opportunities that we can start to use a chief of staff to represent them, to serve as proxy, to serve as representative or de facto spokesperson. One of the core skill sets of an effective and good chief of staff is that they can represent the CEO in pen, in voice, and represent their viewpoints, their positions, their thinking philosophy, their decision making philosophy, how they understand decisions and the implications of those decisions, how they can stay on message and reinforce the philosophies and the cultural norms that the CEO wants to um, bring forth in the organization as it grows. So that's why we're trying to understand where the CEO is spending their time. So, first, on daily operational must-do's and where they're spending their time. Second is on how are they spending their other remaining time on power charging initiatives for growth, for culture, for growing the team. It's all about transitioning and transforming the organization as it matures. So where are they spending their time and then what opportunities that lie therein that the CEO, or the chief of staff rather, will be able to assist them. So that's what we're trying to understand and figure out. Next we want to um, do an assessment of overall projects and initiatives in the organization. What are they? What are their prioritizations? Where are they getting stuck? What are the issues? Um, because from that we can understand how we can then leverage the, the skill sets of the Chief of Staff so they can come in and help power and drive these initiatives in projects through the organization using the various skill sets of the Chief of Staff. Um, Fourth is understanding the gaps in functional areas and in skill sets that exist. Because what we want to do then is understand what those gaps are. Five is we want to have an audit of uh, relevant materials that exist. Goals and objectives, policies, um, strategy. Big themes that we're trying to accomplish. How do the goals and objectives tie to these? How do the business metrics tie to these? So that they cascade forward. Understanding and immersing um, the chief of staff in these things helps the chief of staff really get the mindset that their mindset is all about implementing the agenda of the CEO through pushing forward and driving and pacing the operating cycle, the people, the processes, and the projects, right? That's what we want to do, so we want to have that. <clears throat> Six is understanding the calendar of meetings that exist. Um, take an audit of those. These are both the direct uh, CEO meetings along with their next level, of their, their, their direct staff, so we can understand where the opportunities are there. And then seven is understanding what the CEO's leadership philosophy is, team philosophy, the culture that they want to build, and what the resulting decision-making style is as a result of that. That will be reflected in how the chief of staff operates the operating cycle and reinforces the decision-making style of the CEO. As a quick example of how important this is, if you look at Netflix, Reed Hastings has a decision-making style of philosophy that basically says we want people empowered to make decisions. Now if you think about what you know about Netflix is they want to have self-empowerment of all employees at every level. That means people can choose to take you know vacations when they want or how much vacation time when they want. It's all up to each person, right? And the empowerment of making decisions is spread out, out to each person. Now we know what this does when you have an organization like this, helps you be more nimble, more quick, more fast-moving. But it's important to have a culture and a decision-making style that's reinforced continuously with these principles. And so that's important. That's why we want to understand what that is. So the Chief of Staff understands your decision-making style, what's important in making decisions for you to help reinforce it as you build out the culture of your organization. It could be that it's not fully baked or developed yet. That's okay. That's something that can be developed over time. We just wanna understand kind of where it's at right now. So those are the seven things that we uh, look at. And then what we wanna do is take those seven, um, based upon the information we get from your organization, um, and it's collecting some of those materials, doing some interviews, looking at um, you know, your calendar and understanding where you're spending your time. And then we're gonna come back with a summary of findings and recommendations, right? <clears throat> that we're gonna review with with the hiring manager or the CEO. And basically what we wanna do is uh, understand and review an assessment of where the CEO spends their time. And that's on daily must-have and to-dos, um, turbocharging initiative areas, and plus any other specific areas. We wanna categorize these right and then from that categorization we're going to come up with recommendations around where we feel that the chief of staff will be able to come in and, and transition some of these duties or activities to the chief of staff could be meeting preparation uh, preparation of uh, presentation decks building out agendas um, tweaking and and formulating some of the business processes and metrics as you formalize them and get larger. What are all these things? And then we want to have a solid plan around how the Chief of Staff tackles these, right? We also want to look at the calendar of meetings and processes in the organization and then think through what the Chief of Staff will own in these and would transition it to them. Um, and what they may own over time. So it can be a a plan that that transitions over time as the Chief of Staff gets more uh, grounded in their role. right? Third is the projects and initiatives that are in the organization and flowing through it. What are they? How can we best apply the skill sets of a potential Chief of Staff in terms of It might be that we need a chief of staff that has more refined skills in project management, or stakeholder uh, management and communication, or goal setting theory and best practices because these projects are so critical. Having a chief of staff that has really, really, really good skills in these areas is utmost of importance. Okay? So we want to tailor the role to fit these things. Fourth is understanding the functional gaps and the skill, uh, skill assessment gaps that exist. And then understanding and making some recommendations about potentially um, looking at candidates that can fill some of these gaps short term. It could be in hiring and talent recruitment, it could be in organizational structure and design, um, it could be in communications, it could be in any number of those things. So, Understanding and bringing a recommendation forth around where the, the needs are, are that exist. Um, next is the, the leadership philosophy and the decision-making style of the organization, as we talked about, right? What is it? How does it work? What's the decision-making style and does it need refinement? And understanding so that when we bring a chief of staff on they can work to reinforce this throughout the organization and build the culture. Uh, Six around document materials and gaps right goals and objectives, business metrics, OKRs, processes. What are they? What elements is the chief of staff going to own and transition to? What elements that need more work? because if some of those elements need to be more refined and matured, those are things that the chief of staff can be assigned to, right? And part of their plan when we're onboarding them. So those all make sense. And then any other miscellaneous items that we find in the audit and assessment. What we wanna do uh, then is get approval and agreement from the hiring manager CEO. We then will take that and develop a job description that will encompass the needs and the recommendations from the assessment that we've done, those specific need areas, right? We will combine that with what we consider to be um, the best practices in terms of the the skill sets, the knowledge, the behavioral attributes of a chief of staff and merge it into um, a chief of staff job description that will be best for you. Included in that will be a couple of other things. For example, what do we foresee the duration of this role being? Two years? Um, if it's a startup organization, it, and it's a newer organization, a two-year duration um, can be a good thing because then what you wanna do um, is groom these new people for leadership roles in the organization. We wanna talk about that. What this role is envisioned as a two-year role where the person will be coached and mentored and move into a leadership or a functional role. That should be part of the job description. That should be part of the marketing of the role. So we've really thought through this and positioned you to get the best um, applicants and the best talent possible. And when people read uh, this job description, they can really understand it. You really thought through it. Um, If I'm reading a job description and I can see that people haven't thought through it, It makes me hesitant to want to go to that organization, right? Because it tells me like, they don't really know what they're doing. I want to go to an organization where they really know what they're doing in terms of this position. That makes me feel safer about it. Um, Okay, so once we've done that, uh, we're gonna want to do kind of a CEO organization preparation, preparing um, the CEO for the needs of what the CEO has to do. That involves things like transparency. What level of transparency is going to be required? Transparency in emails and phone calls and meetings and where your chief of staff is located. Right. Let's understand what those things are. Um, And then we also want to talk about shadowing and how long shadowing goes on. Shadowing is just basically the process whereby the chief of staff is observing you. He's, a, he's looking at you from a modeling perspective, observing how you speak, your behaviors, how you handle decisions, what's important to you. What we're trying to do, um, plus a bunch of other skill sets that we teach, is prepare the chief of staff to represent the CEO in words, in voice, in, in pen, so that as you need a delegate, you have an expert person that represents your viewpoints the way you think about decisions, the implications of those decisions, how you speak internally and externally, and the Chief of Staff can act as almost a de facto spokesperson, almost like a White House press secretary. Because you know one of the problems is if you have a White House press secretary that is not not accurately reflecting your positions and viewpoints, it creates a, um, a discord and people it creates confusion we want to have everything flowing in the same direction right so that's important next piece of what we want to do is after we have prepared the uh, CEO and the organization for this role is we want to develop a 100 day plan and 100 day plan has goals and objectives immersion into the role um, specific job role duties that the Chief of Staff will be doing. For example, taking on recurring processes, handling specific meetings, the agendas, facilitating those, working through the actions and creating the meeting objectives, specific projects and initiatives, and how we want the Chief of Staff to help drive those through the organization. This will all be part. After we've come up with that plan, we'll have an onboarding um, and orientation program that is based upon 100-day plans. Again, it's getting the um, CEO and the Chief of Staff set up and working in unison together on the same parallel path. And then finally, if so desired, we will develop an ongoing coaching plan uh, for the Chief of Staff um, to have ongoing coaching and that refinement of skills associated to proxy mastery, process and project mastery, scheduling and advisory mastery, and um, and um, strategy and advisory, along with the skill attributes, understanding advanced decision-making um, skill sets, proper judgment, executive presence, transformational and transactional leadership, facilitation skills, meeting best practices, um, cognitive apprenticeship which is used in coaching and mentoring, all those things can be built into a coaching plan for your chief of staff long term so that you have a high-powered chief of staff who has set you up um, to have a really successful experience. Okay, so there you have it. If you, We hope you've enjoyed it and if you have uh, more questions please contact us at uh, parmeni co. Um, use our contact form or email me at Glenn at co. Uh, feel free, we were more than happy to share our detailed plan and our statement of work that we have built out. It has all these elements with examples in it. You can take it and run with it and work to implement it in your own organization. If you want us to help you do this, uh, we can do it as well. It's not a super intense exercise, okay? Um, Kind of going in and doing the assessment and making the recommendations. We've thought through this. We have a lot of this stuff pre-built out and kind of thinking and how it works. Um, It's not a super laborious process. It's meant to be um, a process that is like a younger organization bias for action and getting things done. All right. So we hope you uh, have enjoyed this episode. Please contact us if you feel you want to do so. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Parmenio.